0: everyone, and this is episode 13 of Going Beyond Salvation, uh, season 2, and this is your host, Jess Robinson, and we are continuing on in the book of Leviticus, or not Leviticus, but Numbers, and with Numbers, um, where we mainly did our daily reading was you know, it was continuing numbering off the the Israelites or the especially in the Levites and their clans and giving them their tasks that they're to handle in this journey with with the tabernacle. And I just want to kind of share a few things. Now in verse forty three it talks about the number of the firstborn, which is a low number of firstborn males compared to the approximately 600,000 men of chapter 1, verse 46. And it's been explained that only those firstborn who were born between the time of the Exodus and the numbering of the tribes that occurred 13 months later, that's where they're thinking that number may have come from. And so that explains it. And then I also kind of wanted to talk about like, so they were talking about, you know, how to pack up the tabernacle and, and how the ark was to be picked up. And I just wanted to share something that I kind of learned, um, just kind of a thought that, um, some evangelists do preach. And I think it's kind of interesting because actually growing up, I grew up with the TV show Mythbusters, and one of the things Mythbusters did was they had made a fake, they were testing punishments and stuff that ancient people used, like, and they actually, like, set up this fake Ark that was supposed to be, like, the Ark of the Covenant, and they they actually, like, set it up to shock people with they had used the the stuff for like horse electric fence and stuff and they had set it up and they actually pulled a prank on Adam Savage where they shocked him and it actually hurt him really bad but um so I was young and I was not you know, knowing the Lord. And then as I was journeying through my, later on in the years when I was, you know, really drawn near to the Lord, I was reading a book about the, the Holy Spirit. And there was a section in the book talking about the ark and that the ark actually, this evangelist had traveled uh, to Jerusalem, and they were talking about the ark, and he was talking with this engineer, and the engineer said, "Well, the way this ark was made, it would have made actually elect it, it would have been a huge conductor for electricity, and it started to click with this evangelist that people that touched it probably were electrocuted, which you know that's kind of the theory, and so I just wanted to share that theory." Because there's just not really a lot to share with numbers today. So I thought I'd share that. And then I do want to say in verse 20, you know, talking about, you know, it says, but the Kohathites must not go into look at the holy things, even for a moment or they will die. And some of the things that. You know, especially right now at the time of this recording with the coronavirus, you know, some people and you see natural disasters. And with natural disasters, some people say that, you know, this is an act of God. And, you know, we always talk about God is good, but then we attribute natural disasters, plagues, you know, and all of that to God and, and make him sound like he's schizophrenic, that he does both good and bad. And that's not the case. And the thing about it is we can look at this and think he is a schizophrenic God when, which there is a a book by Steve Shank called Schizophrenic God. And, you know, it's, we think that God, you know, looking at this, sometimes that we can think that God is, is, you know, vengeful, that he's like Zeus, but he's not, God is love, but he's also holy. And we have to look at the times and, you know, he, you know, his holiness in that time, you know, could either destroy or sanctify in that time. But he was teaching that his presence brings blessings if he is obeyed and honored but when we disregard the lord and we're sinning and not respecting him then you know it it can be treated with with judgment you know for irreverence and dishonor you know so he was setting boundaries especially in that time because you know, Christ had not come yet and hadn't died on the cross. There was still this curtain. And even with the sacrifices and all that, there was still this veil where where people couldn't cross because the the animal sacrifices were only temporary. And But we don't have to worry about that now because, you know, Jesus has come and died on the cross. Yes, we are still half we should still have a a reverence for the Lord, and, but, you know, in our love for him, we, we want to obey him, and when we're obeying him out of love for him, and out of reverence for him, then his, you know, we're going to feel the blessings through, through his holiness, and So that's just something that I really wanted to point out, because especially in this time where people like, okay, are attributing coronavirus to God. And it's like, no, God doesn't create coronavirus. He doesn't create sickness. You know, coronavirus was not made by God, you know, and, you know, he's our healer you know so he's not going to make sickness you know we live in in a fallen world where there's sin and and sickness so yes there is going to be you know there is going to be sickness there is going to be a plague like coronavirus but we as as believers can believe you know and 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 pray and believe that this coronavirus is is going to leave, that he's going to heal, because we stand on that. Because what the Bible says that he is our healer. That you know, when we when we turn and seek his face, he's going to heal our land. Especially when we humble ourselves, you know, and 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 taking that authority, especially when we're walking in uprightness with the Lord, we can take that authority as believers, and you know, especially you know, we'll talk about this more as we get into the New Testament, you know, taking that authority and, and battling spiritually, because there are, you know, even with coronavirus, there's more, more stuff spiritually going on than what we see. And so it's like, we have to be on our knees praying and, and, and praying scripture because it has such an ultimate authority. So we can't attribute, we can't attribute coronavirus to the Lord, you know, he did not create coronavirus, you know, he can use what the enemy meant to harm people and turn it for his glory, you know, and I think he, there is something supernatural going to happen. There have been people that have had visions of the coronavirus you know, disappearing, you know, something supernatural happening, and it's happening over Passover, which that's not very long away, because it's in April, and we're almost there. And so, you know, people attribute Coronavirus to, to God, but it's not God that made Coronavirus. And, you know, I just want to say that, you know, I think God is going to do something supernaturally that's going to glorify him and magnify him, you know, in regards to this virus, because there is no vaccine, but God doesn't need a vaccine to, to wipe out coronavirus. You know, he, Jesus is our healer. And by the blood of Jesus, that virus is nothing. And so, you know, it's like, I think he's going to, and I totally believe in my heart, he's going to do something supernaturally. And I believe in the end, there's, it's going to glorify him and magnify him. And a lot of people are going to be coming back to church. A lot of people are going to believe in the Lord through this. And and so I, that's what I strongly believe. And so there wasn't really that much to, to go over for numbers. And so we're going to take a quick break and jump into Psalms. And we are back and we're in Psalm 34. And we're talking about the Psalm is, is attributed David and it's believed that it's when he pretended to be insane before Abimelech who drove him away and he left and that is in 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 the um, book of first Samuel where you know David had been on the run and from Saul and he actually goes to Abimelech and he's afraid that Abimelech's going to kill him because of this you know this song that's going around that David has killed you know tens of thousands if I remember correctly and so he's he pretends to be crazy so that Abimelech goes like I just don't want anything to do with him but this psalm you know it's the the psalm you know it praises the Lord for a miraculous different, deliverance from great trouble and it's an encouragement to us believers especially when we're afflicted you know to believe that we may also know you know, the goodness of the Lord we can know that you know and you know, there's a song right now from Bethel and it's called Goodness of God and it's like yes we're you know we're living in the goodness of God all the time, no matter what is going on in our lives, because God never changes. He's always good. And so, and that we can always praise him at all times. He wants our praise in, in the good times and the bad times. He want us, He wants us praying and having a relationship with him in the good times and the bad times. And that, you know, we can always boast of him. We can always praise him no matter what, you know, and, and that we see in this Psalm that, you know, he seeks after the Lord and the Lord answers him and delivers him from all his fears. And that's the thing about the Lord is, you know, the Lord doesn't put fear in our hearts. He gives us peace. He gives us comfort when we're praying to him. And, and that when we look to him and I've had people like write this, like comments about me that, Cause I just came back from a women's retreat and some of the comments that I got was that there's, there's a glow of the Lord on me. And it's like, so I think it's true that I think those who really seek him out and really get into his presence, there's some, there's some kind of radiance around them and that we're never covered with shame because of his presence in our lives. It also talks about the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and, and he delivers them. And in my study Bible, I have that underlined because the thing about it is, is yeah, we can pray that and declare that, that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him and he delivers them. You know, the Lord, you know, the angels are a huge part in the Bible and we see it over and over again. And we'll talk about some of these angels because they appear to some, some of our characters, you know, some of the people that we meet in the Bible, you know, some, of you know, important people such as Daniel, they have all these visions of these angels and, or even like Mary and in the book of Luke, this angel named Gabriel that she, that appears to her and, you know these angels are a huge part of of the kingdom of God, and you know they're not just you know we imagine angels as the cute little babies with with wings and harps that we see in cartoons, but they're not that. There's so much more, you know. And I actually took a class on angels, and it's like now I can't even look at some of the paintings of angels anymore because it's just like that is so not true once you kind of go through a biblical study of angels it's like no you know and these guys are fierce you know angels are fierce they are they're they're strong they're like warriors and you know he has appointed God has appointed his angels to protect and rescue you know us from physical and spiritual harm you know like I said I don't know which podcast it was, but I said, we're going to be surprised when we get to heaven, because the Lord's going to reveal to us how many times that he protected us from harm. And, you know, we're going to see the, that divine protection and, you know, it's going to be these angels that, that, that are assigned to, to protect us and i know of people that can see angels that have seen angels and um my in my mom's side of the family whenever they were close to dying they would actually see angels and i know my grandma she saw both angels and she did start seeing like the bad stuff as well um but you know they start seeing angels and so I have that hope that as I get older, that I will one day see angels because I know that it's happened on my grandma's side, you know, on my mom's side of the family. So, and then I also have underlined in verse eight is taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the man who takes refuge in him. And it's like, it's kind of the opposite because, you know, when you think of food, you look at a plate and you know food and if it doesn't look good you're not going to taste it but it's opposite with the Lord he wants us to taste him and see that he is good and you know so we need to taste and see God and then we get to verse 9 it says, Fear the Lord, you, his saints, for no- those who fear him lack nothing. I just want to note that the promises in this psalm are conditional, they are reserved only for those who genuinely fear the Lord. You know, when you are in an upright walking with the Lord, you know, we're promised that God's going to deliver us from fear, He's going to save us from trouble he's going to send angels to a camp around us, he's going to supply our needs, he's going to give us abundant life, he's going to hear our prayers, he's going to comfort us, comfort us with his presence, and redeem us, but it's only if we seek the Lord, you know, we cry out to him, we draw close to him in prayer, we free and fear him, we keep our tongues from, from the evil of lying. We remain separate from the evil world. We do good and pursue peace, have contrite hearts and become his servants. And when you're doing that kind of stuff, you don't have to, because, you know, I was listening to, to another evangelist this weekend, because, you know, everything's canceled so due to coronavirus, so you're, you have all this time to listen to all these these people while i was catching up on crocheting and it's like we are so repentant minded which there's nothing wrong with repentance and having a heart where we go okay lord search me know me and 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 reveal to me you know when i'm out of line when i'm sinning against you and that's the great thing is you know, the Lord does, he's so good and and loving that he does reveal those kind of things to us. But I think, you know, when we tend to overlook, and especially if you're really seeking him out, and really, you know, really having this upright walk with him, You know, you can have that assurance that we don't need to live in fear, you know, and, and that he's going to comfort us and that we can draw close to him. So, you know, don't let these things like become a checklist, you know, as you, you're in a relationship with him and, and loving him and, and wanting to draw near to him, especially if you're in, in the word and you're taking time to be in the word. And understanding his word and and being and taking time to pray out to the Lord and just worship him in your own time, not just on Sunday you know it's 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 gonna develop and you, and you know this relationship is gonna develop, and we can have these assurances and confidence, but I do want to talk about verse nineteen of of psalm 34 and it says a righteous man may have many troubles but the lord delivers him from them all you know god promised you know in the old testament god is, has promised blessing and prosperity for those who obey his law yet alongside this promise is the reality that the righteous may have troubles like i said we still live in a fallen world And on top of that, you know, commitment to God often brings testing and persecution, and we're seeing that more and more these days you know like for me, you know being a reporter i'm I'm told to bring fear to people, and I'm like, I don't want to bring fear to people, yes, I will give them information about what is going on, but I'm not here to give them fear you know, and I know, like, I ended up taking a stand, and, and one of my Facebook posts last, yesterday, saying, fear is not going to be allowed in my house, and I'm not going to share fear with other people, in a way, you know, I'm going to share hope that Jesus has overcome the world, especially with this COVID-19, and it's hard, because the stand that I take is conflicting with what the world wants to do which is bring fear and panic to people and you know we are going to see that because when you are walking righteously with the lord you are seeking him out you are you know doing what he has called you to do you're going to come across opposition because of the We live in this world that lives and breathes totally different or opposite from God. That, you know, they, you know, they, you know, you've got people that think that Christians are hateful. And so you are going to run into that opposition, you know, and, but we need to have that counterbalance, you know, that the Lord you know, wishes to deliver us out of all of our troubles. You know, and I think he has, you know, some of these troubles, he wants us, you know, it helps us to grow in our faith. And when we're totally surrendered to him and allowing, giving him purpose, you know, permission to to use his purpose in, in these times and for him to mold and shape us, you know, there, there is always a deliverance, you know, these things are for a short time, there's only a time, a, a time period for, for our trials and tribulations and, and inflections, you know, and he, he chooses to, you know, do it by direct supernatural intervention, intervention, And for those who are persecuted, sometimes they end up being a martyr, you know, and which, you know, it's not, you know, a loss when they die because they're going to be with the Lord. But, you know, sometimes it's that way. But we can always just trust in the Lord and what His Word says, you know, I think with sickness, you know, especially physical sickness, when somebody's going through a physical sickness, I still stand on the word that, that, you know, Jesus healed. And when, you know, because his will is, is for healing, you know, in heaven, there's no sickness. And so, you know, he wants people to be healed. And so, you know, I just stand with physical healing that you know i'm praying that people will be healed and made whole and and let the lord do it let the lord do it i'm not going to sit here with fear wondering well what if it doesn't happen i'm just going to stand on what the word says and that when jesus healed people were healed and so that's pretty much it was psalm 34 that i wanted to talk about and we'll kind of talk about healing a little bit more that with with Mark. So we're gonna take a short break and go into Mark. So we're back and we're talking about Mark chapter eight. We're going through the rest of chap chapter eight. So we're going through the rest of chapter 8 and first off it talks about the yeast of the Pharisees and Herod. And we're talking about leaven and it was usually seen for evil or corruption or like with leaven it would puff, puff up. Like when you see with yeast it puffs up. The dough there's this chemical reaction and so you know, I like how they said that, you know, some commentaries say it's puffing up the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And then they're also puffing up their believers so that the system is corrupted. And we have to be on guard against, you know, getting puffed up ourselves to where, you know, we accept views of, of human ideas, um, um, biblical to, Traditions or secular humanistic type of gospel. You know, it will cause us to to turn against Christ and His Word and go against doctrine, and we don't want to do that. And so that's essentially what did I I wanted to point out in verses fourteen through twenty one of of Mark eight. And then there's this healing of a blind man in Beth Beth, Beth Bethsaida. <laughs> and there has been debate about why Christ led the blind man outside to pray for him um there has been suggestions that Christ was grieved with the unbelief in, in this city because he ends up cursing the city for its unbelief as we see in Matthew chapter 11 verses 21 through 22 and I think he refused to heal the man within the city limits, as their unbelief would hinder the miracle. So we see that Christ spits in the the man's eyes, and we see that he's only partially cured. Seeing people that like trees that are walking, and notice that this is the only place in the Gospels where Christ prayed for twice for a healing and so you know when a believer prays and does not receive the full answer we need to take Christ's example and pray again until the results are evident and and also you know some other commentaries say this is the you know that there is sometimes gradual healing and yes there are some healings that are gradual you know, there's miracles that where it's instantaneous and instantaneous healing, but there's also gradual healings as well. So I've heard of that in, in those, in, in commentaries, um, we see that he, you know, tells a man not to say anything. And the thing about it is, is people would know he was blind and, and cured. And they would immediately ask him what happened and he would tell them Christ healed, healed them. And like I've, I've said over and over, I think it's because, you know, some commentaries think is, you know, that the Pharisees were seeking to kill Christ and he was just moving from place to place. Some, and I stand kind of on a Pentecostal assembly of God thing that, they were to present themselves Um, just as we believers you know when somebody's healed we say go and get verification from the doctor that you're healed and we've talked about that in past podcasts so I won't totally emphasize this and then we go into er, Peter's confession of the Christ and we've talked about that a little bit and I'm just looking in my notes you know at the time you know Jesus you know Peter declares Jesus to be the son of God and they're talking about the rock foundational truth that would build the church was not peter but the fact that christ is the son of god so that's the the fact is that christ is the son of god that's the truth and as instantly as as peter you know makes a revelation you know that jesus is the son of god and he was informed that his revelation of Christ as God's son was from the father in heaven but we see how quickly Peter speaks out of turn and against the will of God by rebuking Christ saying he would not die and then Christ rebukes Peter saying get thee behind me Satan and it just demonstrates how we believers in our walk with God you know, we can be speaking the truth one minute, and then sometime later, we're going to be in error, you know, by wrong thinking, or going against the will of God, we could be walking with God, and I've caught this, and I've caught myself recently, you know, saying, okay, I'm standing on this, but I'm not, I turn around and, and do totally opposite, you know, and I go against the the Lord's will, and so I've had to catch myself in that area, you know, that, i'm not going to go against the lord's will and then he also talks about taking up one's cross it means to bear the reproach and persecution that comes with being a believer you know and and we've talked about that with with psalm 34 that sometimes you know we're going to have persecution because we're going to come across that opposition when we're walking in the lord and i think you know we have to do what you know did Christ run away when you know persecution came? No, you know he continued to do what was right, and he even went to the cross and died on the cross for our sins, you know he he'd continue to do what he was supposed to do, you know he could have called a legion of angels to come and save him, but he didn't, and so you know, he continued on and we'll see with the disciples in the book of Acts that they don't run from persecution once they're filled with the Holy Spirit. They actually pray and say, you know, give us the courage to to continue to do what is right. And so, you know, as as believers, we're to take up that cross, even when it's hard, because it's easy, you know, you come across persecution and the first thing you want to do is run away and that's what I was wanting to do you know and I know you know for those who have gone through this journey on the podcast that I've had my ups and downs and I've wanted to to walk away throw in the towel and the Lord says no and I mean recently he really revealed in my heart that you know I'm I'm shaping you into who I want you to be for you know further down the road and so that's what what we're to do, and and to glorify and magnify God. You know, if we're always saying, "God, get me out of this," we're focused on ourselves, when we should be focused on Christ. And if that means you know, taking up the cross to glorify Him, then that's what we're to do. So, you know, and we're we're in a lifelong battle, you know, crucifying our own sinful desires, you know. This is a journey. You know, that's why this is called going beyond salvation because it is a journey. You know, we're continually becoming Christ like every day that that you know, we're drawing near to him and getting in his word. And you know, we we fight against Satan and the powers of darkness. You know, and that's a huge thing right now that's been running through my mind a lot is that, you know, putting on the armor of God, because it's not flesh and blood we're fighting. We're we're fighting against things that are unseen. And especially in the mind. So those are other things that, you know, we have to take to the cross. And so but you know, just as Paul said, we're we're to take up the armor of God and you know, put it on. It means this and I've gotten to the point in my life that I physically put on the armor of God every morning that I'm getting ready. It's physically putting on that armor and and being prepared for my day. And so that is what I wanted to talk about in in this episode and so for the next podcast episode we're going to read Numbers chapter 4 verses 42 through chapter 6 verse 21 then we're going to read Psalm 35 verses 1 through 8 Proverbs 6 verses 6 through 8 and then Mark Chapter nine verses one through thirty two and so I just want to end a prayer and just say thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are and that Lord we just thank you, God, for what you did on the cross for us. We thank you, God, for your love and your devotion, Lord, and that your presence just covers us when we surrender to you. Lord, you take away fear, you take away condemnation, and instead you put your love, your peace, your joy in and into our hearts and that lord i just pray that we would take up our cross daily lord for you lord that we would lay down sinful desires that we would put on the armor of god and fight against the devil lord god and that our eyes would be focused upon you in this race that you've given us lord i pray that you would continue to put revelation in our hearts and we just as we read your word and we just thank you for all that you're doing and continue to do In Jesus' holy, precious name, amen. Have a great day, you guys.